Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Return to Glory podcast. Hunter Zarbenicki here with special guests filling in for Austin, who's still on his honeymoon. Jackson Weeks. Yeah, what's up? Let's talk some Husker football. Dang right. Had a break on Sunday, no podcast. Um, it's been a week. My mind's been away from it a little bit and needs to get back on track here because we got a big game coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that I can that I can help out. We'll have to probably check where Austin's priorities are. Um, Husker football or honeymoon. I think I think he probably should have picked Husker football. No, I'm just Eight. kidding. Kind of slipping, kind of slipping. <laughs> well, no update on Austin if he's found us a head coach or if he, you know, has continued his conversation with Coach Ed Orgeron. But did some reflecting after my list of head coaches that I put out on Wednesday. And as you could probably guess, I forgot a couple of people. And actually, Jackson was the one that uh, made me aware of him. One, Big name was Lane Kiffin. Um, I don't know where he would fit quite on my list. I don't think he'd be a top four or five on my list, but he'd probably crack the top 10 somewhere. Um, and then Brett Bielema was an interesting one. And we'll talk about him a little bit here, obviously, because we're playing against Illinois. He's another one of those coaches that has gotten a lot of talk because Illinois is doing so well. And Illinois six and one, and we're seeing that with a lot of these coaches. You know, Matt Campbell, Dave Aranda, um, Lance Leipold. All these guys are kind of coming up on people's radar and then kind of falling as they lose. Do you see that happening with Bielema as well? Yeah, I don't know. Um, Bielema, I just I, I know it didn't work out for him at Arkansas or whatever. But we went to the Illinois game last year, and I actually was. Um, I was down in the, in the uh, concession stand area or wherever down there underneath the stadium. And so I had first, first side at watching Frost walk out with our guys and Frost was kind of just walking out, you know, doing his thing. And, and I actually just stumbled upon it, um, walked right to the gate where, where Illinois was coming out. And I, and Bielema was talking to all his players, um, strategizing, giving his guys hope talks, just being a coach and, and, um, uh, that day after that, it was at halftime of that game when things were going great. I was like, man, that guy's a coach. Um, so that's one thing that, that I'll say that something sticks in my mind. And then, you know, like I said, Arkansas didn't work out for him, but 
then he goes to New England and works with Belichick. Um, and Whipple even commented today in his press conference about um, thinks that he learned quite a bit from Bill Belichick and that some of the things that, that he learned in New England, um, I don't know what they are, um, are, are translating to what he's doing in Illinois. And I mean, Illinois, boy, I mean, what a powerhouse football team that place is, right? Not. And for, for Bielema to be doing what he's doing in, in, in year two, the dude can obviously coach. So um, I don't know if he was in my top 10 when you kind of, you texted me the other day and asked who my top 10 was. I think maybe he was, he might've been in there. He might've not been, I can't remember. Um, but I think the dude can definitely coach. Here's the deal with all of these coaching candidates coming in and out is it's changing constantly. And who knows when it's going to get named. Bielema is one that obviously is getting talked about more because we're getting close to playing Illinois. But when I think about the guy and some of those key things I pointed out last week about emphasizing an offensive line and defensive line, he a hundred percent believes in that. Um, the motivation level of taking the next step. You just mentioned how, you know, he's at Illinois, Nebraska would be a step up in, in our minds from Illinois. So I think he has motivation to get back to a power school. So I think a lot of those traits are there with him, but I think this week means a lot because if we go in and defeat Illinois, I think Mickey looks just as good or better than Bielema. Right. Right. I mean, the, we got five games here. It's going to be tough as heck to win one of them. Um, let alone all the predictions out there that we're going to win four or three or whatever. I mean, it's going to be hard to win every single one of those games. Um, and, and, you know, Mickey's just got to do his best to give ourselves a shot and, and hope we're there at the end and, and hope we can pull one out. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mickey right now, it doesn't seem like, you know, the thing about Mickey, if he wins a game, it's like, all right, yeah, Hey, this guy can coach. He's a, and if he loses, it's kind of like, well, all the Husker fans are like, well, you, you know, how, how could he do a good job anyway? I mean, he, he's not, he, he kind of gets, he kind of gets the, the love when it's there. And, and when there's room for criticism, he doesn't necessarily get that probably at, as he maybe should at times. I, I mean, I don't know, but. What's um, funny is this, you could say the same about Frost's first couple of years. Right. So that, that's, what's interesting thinking about that. I don't know. Yep. Yep. And you know, I think, I think Mickey has done a good job. Uh, of getting the team to do the little things right, um, bringing energy, coaching hard, um, working really hard on the recruiting trail, uh, preparation. I think he's doing a great job of all that stuff. Um, and he's probably doing as good a job um, with his shot that he's getting right now as, you know, potentially auditioning for the head coaching job as, as anybody has in, in recent years. So it's interesting. He's gotten a lot of good – compliments from players and I say that with a little bit of asterisk by it is because all these other coaches are making good comments about when Frost gets hired when Riley gets hired so you hear those but Casey Thompson came out and explicitly said how he wants Mickey back next year for another year and he talked about his attention to detail his work ethic how he's holding people accountable constantly I mean those are the things that you and I both know as coaches are some of, if not the most important things to build a program from where we're at. And he's doing that. And then on top of that, we sign or get a commit verbal commit from Malachi Coleman out of Lincoln East, who said, if Mickey wasn't here, I was not coming to Nebraska. And Mickey basically brought this guy 
and had him commit. So a lot of positives around Mickey. And I agree. He's, he's, he's auditioning right now and he's going to have some more time, but I think this game this weekend may be like a very defining win or loss. I think you lose this game. It's hard to not look at a guy like Bielema. And I'm not saying Bielema is a top candidate, but I, I think he's up there. Bielema beats Mickey. It's like, well, yeah, Mickey, but here's what Bielema has done in a year and a half at Illinois. And, and right. So it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. It, it, I'm glad I'm not the one making the, I'm glad I'm not the one making the, the decision, but, but in, in the same respect, I'm, I'm holding the guys making the decision to a high standard, you know, basically saying you better get it right, you know, and, and I have no input on that. So that's kind of unfair, but, but uh, that's kind of the world of coaching, I guess. <laughs> so what, or who would the top three coaches be that you would be happiest with? Well, number one, I've said this all along and uh, you know, you even get some laughs about it because it, it might be so off in left field that, that there's not even a chance, but guess what? I don't think any of us know what's going on. So maybe it's not, but you know, if you could pull, Obviously, Urban Meyer, I think, is as close to a surefire bet as there is because I think for a couple of reasons. The dude can win. The dude can recruit, obviously, at the very highest level on the biggest stage. Um, and I don't think, you know, you, we, there's the thing, well, his age, his character, whatever. I don't think a guy like that. So what's going to tell me is if he takes the job, that means he's still hungry. That means he still wants to prove himself. That means that he still thinks he can come in and, and, and build a national power at a, at a program, because I don't think a guy like that, I mean, obviously he's got a lot of pride, um, has a heck of a reputation. I don't think he's going to want to just tarnish his reputation to go, oh, I'll go coach at Nebraska for a couple of years and make some money. I mean, I mean, the guy's probably set money. He doesn't out. need the money. <laughs> right. So th the only way a guy like that takes the job is if he's hungry and, and wants to, wants to make a difference at a program. Um, and if he does and he, he does take the job, he'd be my number one because I just think he's proven. I think he's automatically going to bring in a great staff that knows what they're doing. Obviously, high school kids and JUCO kids and guys in the portal are going to go, oh, go play for Urban Meyer. That that doesn't hurt. Um, and I, I just think that I think that would be as close to a surefire bet as there is. That's what we also said about Scott Frost when he got hired. So, you know, it's just it, there's so many variables and so many questions. Um, but that'd be my, my number one. Um, my number two, honestly, we talked about him already, but, but Lane Kiffin uh, would be my number two. And, and uh, I think there's some excitement about him just because there's been some rumors about him, you know, whatever. I'm sure they're probably not true about him visiting Nebraska or whatever already. But I just think a guy like, like Lane Kiffin has, has made some mistakes um, in the college football world, has learned from those mistakes. Obviously now, I mean, they stubbed their toe against LSU last week, but obviously now knows how to win in a really, really tough conference. And, you know, kind of like Bielema working with Belichick, Lane Kiffin worked with Nick Saban for how many years? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure he became, I'm sure he didn't become um, a, a worse coach working for Nick Saban. Um, so he, he'd be my number two. And uh, I think he's, he's starting to pick up some, some steam on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, my number three, honestly, I, I'm with you on Chris Kleiman. Um, I just, I, I really like the things he does. I think he's smart. I think he's really, really good at not getting himself beat. Um, and, and that's a big thing as a coach for me. He, he doesn't do dumb things to get himself beat or, or to get his team beat. Um, you know, last, last week you could, 
I mean, obviously had, had some issues at the quarterback position and, and uh, probably, you know, you look back on that game, there's probably some things K-State could have done um, better when they were up 28-10 or whatever, um, when they had all the momentum. But shoot, you lose two quarterbacks and, and some things like that go wrong. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how true of a, of a uh, you know, true of a sample that was when they lost to TCU. Um, number four, and you kind of convinced me on this after listening to your pod last week, and, and I like this guy early, um, is, is, it would be Bill O'Brien. Um, just, gosh, for me, when you get to learn from good coaches, Bielema learning from, from Belichick, Lane Kiffin learning from Saban, and, and Bill O'Brien obviously learning from Saban. And, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien, is he, he's a professional coach. He's coached in the NFL, really did a good job. And, and if we're talking about the coaches in our top 10 list that have an NFL tenure, Bill O'Brien probably has the best NFL mm-hmm. tenure. And he was he was also the general manager, right? Like he, he was, or maybe not officially, but he was doing all that stuff. So he understands how to run a program. He, he understands how to win, obviously. Working with Nick Saban now, um, what he did at Penn State after the, I mean, they had a disaster on their hands and, and, and then goes and turns that program around in a year or two. Um, you know, he, he can coach, he can win games. Um, and he'd be a guy I would trust and be a guy I'd be excited about. Um, from there, I mean, there's, there's a few more. I like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shake a stick at Bielema that, that could change. I think he can coach. I think Dave Aranda can coach. Um, and I think Lance Leipold can coach. Um, so I give you eight names there. Um, but there's just, uh, there's just so many out there and yeah. there's so many reasons to like and dislike and what you know I when I gave my list I had different reasons why I don't have urban up and up, up at the top um, right. and the thing that I catch myself is there actually isn't a perfect candidate now I don't know if that's me trying to justify it because we thought Scott Frost was the perfect candidate coming in so that might be me not putting all my trust and eggs in one basket and knowing that whoever we get there's going to be a lot of pros and there's going to it's going to come with some baggage in one way shape or form so go ahead and and I I do want to mention too I mean I texted you my top 10 list I think a week or two ago and Mickey Joseph number three for me so Mickey's up there too if he's the right guy he's the right guy um like the things he's doing you know I think what Trev has got to do though, and this is going to be really tough. You know, I'm sure Trev really, really, really likes Mickey. Trev's got to make the tough decision. Is this guy the best possible guy we can bring in here? That, that's the bottom line. And, and if it is him, go hire him. If it's not him, hopefully we can retain him because I think he's extremely, extremely valuable. Um, but go get the guy you need to get that gives you the best chance to win games. Mm-hmm. End of story. The couple other lists that I saw online there's a couple of sites doing like their weekly power rankings because they're moving so much. And um, a couple of, you know, Leipold, Bill O'Brien, we talked about all the guys. Mickey is um, one of the guys, number one, Mickey's three. Mark Stoops is on there too. I kind of ruled him out last week, um, but he is still on people's radar. So it's funny that on the list that I found online, there's no mention of urban Meyer and there's no mention of Matt rule. And I don't know. I, I, I don't, they're getting ruled out for some reason. And I think that's probably because of their public statements. I don't know, but it's not like these other, these other coaches have made public statements as well. They just haven't like said no. <laughs> right. I mean, 
the old, the old Nick Saban at, at, at Miami, I'm not going to be the Alabama head coach next <laughs> year. I mean, so, so you almost, I mean, it's just such a guessing game. And, and uh, I just really hope we get the right guy in here. And you know what? It, maybe it doesn't need to be a big name guy. Maybe it just needs to be a guy that like Trev said, is going to be a grinder. is going to work his tail off. He can grow, he can learn. Um, and uh, McCune had a great article the other day in the world Herald that just talked about the, the differences in Nebraska and the, and the pluses or the positive things and the negative things it offers. And, you know, he said, Hey, the guy that gets the job's got to kind of have a niche that's hopefully different from everybody else in college football. So, you know, I, I don't know, maybe that's a good thing that uh, they've ruled those, those top, you know, Aranda or uh, Meyer and, and rule out. Maybe that's a good thing. I, I, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? And I mean, the head coach could get named. I don't think he'll be named within the next few weeks, but at some point here heading into the off season, we will hear that. But what's crazy is that we still have a division that is still up for grabs and, and very manageable and doable, which is just surprising to say after the way that we started this year and the team that's sitting at the top right now is Illinois and Beating them at home would be a huge start or continuance of where we need to be. We're sitting at two and two in the conference. We're right there behind Illinois, who's leading at three and one. So this game on Sunday is a big one for the current staff. And then the future staff, before we get into Illinois and jump back, and the future staff has to do with the schedule next year um, that just came out today. So we're going to go through that briefly. We start at Minnesota. It's week one game, but it's on Thursday. Thursday night game, yep. We go to Colorado again, which we're already making plans. <laughs> you can bet that to head out to Colorado. Northern Milton. Illinois at home, Louisiana Tech at home. Michigan, one of our crossover games, that's at home. We go to Illinois. We have Northwestern at home. Purdue at home. Another crossover game at Michigan State. Maryland at home at Wisconsin, and then our Black Friday game against Iowa. Initial thoughts on the schedule? Well, I, I think I, I've seen everything from my buddies text or some of my buddies text me going, wow, that, that's, that schedule's not too bad. And, and then I've seen, you know, I really think what stands out to me is, gee, Christmas, we're going to have a new, new coaching tenure and we're going to start with two road games. Ugh, yikes. I, I don't love that. that that's scary. Um, you know, it's nice not to play Ohio State. I'll tell you that much. Mm -hmm. Every time Ohio State's not on the schedule, that's a good thing, I think. Penn State's not on the schedule, who, you know, outside of Michigan is probably, you know, top, I mean, probably top three program in, in, in the Big Ten right now. Um, I, I just don't, I think, I just almost don't think it matters. I think the Big Ten is so tough. And um, I think over the years, we got accustomed to this mentality. Oh, oh, it's, we're just playing. It's just Rutgers. We won't lose to them or even, Oh, it's just Purdue. And I, I just, I think if you understand sports, like that's just such a, that's not the way it is. I mean, everybody's good. Everybody has good coaches. Everybody's going to give you their best shot. And uh, it's nice to have those really good teams at home. That's for sure. Um, but I, I, th I think it's a tough schedule. I mean, obviously no Ohio state, no Penn state, but it, it's going to be tough. No question. Being in the West helps, especially with how the West is this year, because we get all of those games. And we'll see. I mean, your Michigan State, Wisconsin, Iowa this year are, are teams that 
had a lot higher expectations than what they've come out and shown. So mm-hmm. you just don't know. Maryland has looked good at times. You just don't know from year to year where these teams are going to come out. And that, that kind of speaks to your point there of, of just the, the volatility and how there's so many good coaches and players in the Big Ten Conference, even if we're beating each other up um, week after week. If, if we would have had that, if we would have had the same schedule at the start of this year, we're looking at that and going, you know, oh, Minnesota, we can beat Minnesota. We didn't think they'd be great. Well, they've been struggling as of late, but they're pretty darn good. You know, Colorado, we might feel good about that, but who knows? We haven't beat them in last how many tries. Um, you know, you would look at that schedule this year and go, boy, Michigan State, that's tough. Well, this year, that's not so much the case. You know, Wisconsin, that scares you. This year, they're not great. Not saying we'll beat them, but, you know, it just – it, it's it's going to be tough. No way you slice or doesn't matter how you slice it. It's going to be tough. But I will say there is a lot of opportunity to travel to some of these games next year, Minnesota, Illinois, Colorado. So my away game record is awful. Maybe we, I should just stay home, but there's going to be some opportunities next year. And as this year, there wasn't many. I think I'm two and 12. So I don't think you can get much worse than me. Well, I've never been to a road game when we won. So well, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's, that's also a good point <laughs> we got to change that just whoever the new coach is we just got to get our road re- record better that's all that we care about yeah yeah that's right been going to too many mike riley scott frost games that, that's the problem yep yep all right well let's dive deeper here into the illinois fighting illini six and one record on the year three and one in conference play found themselves in the top 20 and for a lot of reasons that we were talking about with, with coach Bielema and the stuff that he's doing, but they have the top running back in the nation in yardage in chase Brown. And they have the number one defense in yardage and scoring. Now those numbers are, could, can be a little bit deceiving just like Auburn boys basketball and Beatrice girls basketball have low defensive point averages. Well, guess what? They kind of have grinded out offensive styles and they really know how to shorten the game to say the least. Yep. And I think that's benefiting Illinois. And, and that's part of the reason why I think we like Bielema and we've seen a lot of good things in him. And now Nebraska has got to face that on Saturday. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm one second. I'm optimistic about the game. Like I think we got a shot. And then the next second I'm like, I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, they lead every defensive category statistically i mean they're first second um i think they're seventh in, in tackle for losses nationally or something like that but they're up there i mean their defense is really really good and then i mean and then their their defensive front oh my gosh that's scary just knowing what we got uh going against that group um and, and then you know offensively with their with chase brown it seems like he's been there forever but but uh they they just the scary thing about them, they do a lot of things well that Nebraska's not – that Nebraska doesn't counter well. You know what I mean? They got a good defensive line. They have a good run game. You know, just a lot of things that Nebraska struggles with um, from game to game, and it's it's going to be tougher than, than all those games. I mean, their defense is probably – their defense is better than Purdue's, you know. And, uh, you know, we struggle – obviously put a lot of points up, but – you know, there's times when, when we couldn't block them up front, you know, so they just do a lot of things. I think they do a lot of things that we're not good at um, and we can't counter or we, we're, we're, you know, we don't do a good job of countering those things as the year went on. But I will say this, this keeps giving me hope for some reason 
They lost to Indiana. They lost to Indiana. That's going to say that a coach should never think that way. But I'm not a I'm not a Nebraska football coach. I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan. So that that for some reason gives me a little bit of hope. Yeah, looking at their schedule, they opened the year beating Wyoming, the loss to Indiana. They beat Virginia, Chattanooga, and then Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, all winning those games. And this is what this team reminds me of. It's when Bielema coached at Wisconsin a while back. His teams were so sad. And Wisconsin and Iowa outside of this year have not been that different. They're control the clock, play good defense, you know, force you to make a mistake. They just let you do what you do, and eventually you're going to mess up. And if you do that, they're going to just pound and kill the clock and then put put together a 14-play drive and score. That's just what these teams do. And Bielema, once again, has that identity rolling in a year and a half at Illinois. And it just reminds me of his teams at Wisconsin where you have little margin for error in the game if you want to stay in the game and win it. Now, it's probably going to be a close game. I, I don't think Illinois knows how to how to blow people out. So with that being said, we have to limit mistakes. We have to be great on third down on both sides of the ball and do the little things to win this game. Yeah, well – Great on third down. I think their third down defense is leading nationally. So, you know, like that's just, it's just going to be tough. Um, it, the scariest thing about these type of teams, you know, Iowa plays similar to it this year. They haven't had the, you know, they just, they don't, K-State's playing the same way this year, I think. They don't get themselves beat. They just don't. And over the last few years, over the last five years, Nebraska has been the exact opposite. They, 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 they find a way to get themselves beat. And so that just, it's just scary. It's scary to me when we're going to go play a team that doesn't get themselves beat is going to play incredibly smart is well coached. I mean, it just doesn't look like there's a whole lot of chinks in their armor from a outsider standpoint. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So what's your approach going into it? You mentioned as you you're right on some of the stuff they're really good at where we lack. Yeah. So what, what is your approach overall? I guess let's just start on the defensive side of the ball to slow down Illinois' run game and what they're trying to do on offense. Well, I think you got to force them to beat you over the top. I really do. Um, it seems like Bill Bush has been playing more man-to-man coverage, and I, I really like that because I think it, it makes it more difficult for those their receivers to make plays. Um, you know, I think you got to you got to get guys in the box and, and say, hey, we're – I mean, almost sell out to, to stop the run, I think, um, and just say, okay – you're, you're going to beat us over the top. You're, you're not going to beat us, you know, on the ground, you know, and, and Chase Brown, I saw a statistic earlier today. I mean, he has something like, like 30 to 35, um, 10 yard plus runs. Like you got to limit those. Um, and, and Chase Brown is probably going to get his, but you, you got to make it as difficult as possible for him. I think um, on the other side of the ball, offensive end, I, I do think, call me crazy. I do think our offense is probably the best they've gone most explosive. That, that, that Illinois has played this year. Um, but with that being said, they, they're not going to let Trey Palmer get open like, like Purdue did. They, it ain't going to happen. They're going to double him or, or bracket him or whatever and make, make other guys make plays. Um, so, you know, Vokalek and, and, uh, and Washington and, and Oliver Martin, and whoever else, Brody Belt, whoever else, those guys got to step up and, and get open and, and make plays for us. And then, you know, hopefully that offensive line can hold on, baby. <laughs> 
So starting for myself on the defensive side of the ball, we have to stop the run somehow. And what I think is most important is we have to have some negative yardage plays. And that is going to mean we have to be aggressive on first and second down. If we let them get in third and fives and third and fours and third and threes, we are in a lot of trouble. So early on, we need to force some negative plays and I, it's going to, involve taking risks it really will and you know what I agree we have to let them beat us over the top and make Tommy DeVito throw the ball downfield now he yep. is completing 70 plus percent of his passes yeah so but 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 he hasn't been asked to do a whole lot and he hasn't had to because of their style of play so by doing that early on first and second down it's going to put us in a better position for third down so that's most important. That goes along with stopping the run. We'll see if we can do it. A lot of stopping the run. It has to be up front, and I'm just not sure we're there. So it is going to have to be a lot of scheming up the correct blitzes and timing it correctly to where we get those negative plays. And uh, Nick Henrich is out. Um, that came out this week from his knee injury at Purdue. Luke Reimer is coming back, though. So – lose one, get one back there. I don't know. What we can't let them do is have 14, 15 play drives and score. We can't. That's their MO. We get to take them out of that. And I think, I just, I think, I think, you know, is there off their offense is better than our defense. I, I mean, I think, I think it is. And uh, so I think you have to decide, okay, this is how you're going to beat us and whatever that may be. And, and to me, it would be, sell out to stop the run um, against Purdue. Honestly, my, my strategy would have been a little bit different. I, I would have made us, made them beat us on the ground. And uh, you know, they kind of ended up, you know, spreading it out any, but you just, you cannot let, let that train get rolling downhill with the run, run game. Cause it'll be a long night if, if that's the case. Um, I mean, you, know, you and I are all about, we're all about making the other team do it, you know, do what they're not comfortable doing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think, we know what Illinois, we knew what Purdue was comfortable doing. And yep. so we have to see if we can take that away. Now, in order to do that on the defensive side of the ball, we have to have full energy. We can't be gassed. Mm-hmm. And that plays into my offense. And this might sound a little crazy. I agree with you. We are explosive. But we cannot be having three and outs. We can't be going up tempo and wasting a minute and a half off the clock and then put our defense right back out there because that's exactly what Illinois wants to happen. That plays right into their hands of just wearing you down, drive after drive, series after series, and it's not going to be good for us. So we need to be explosive, and I think we can show some stuff on the edge and in space, but we have to take the clock down inside 10 seconds on the play clock, huddle if we need to, you know, get up to the line and adjust what we need to adjust, but be patient and give our defense rest because our defense, we're not even going to give them a chance to succeed if it's just quick turnover, quick three and out, whatever. We have to give them a chance. So that on offense, we got, in my mind, we got to slow it down. And yeah, we want to play their style of game. We do. We want this game to be a 12 to 10 game that gives us the best chance to win because then guess what? If we're down a score, at the end of the game, that's when you just don't care. And that's when our explosiveness comes out. But yep. if we're down 10 or 14, 
Illinois got us right where they want us. Yep. Yep. It, you know, when I say we have an explosive offense, you know, I, I agree hundred percent with you. We cannot go out there and three passes and get off the field. I mean, that would be a disaster, but I'm hoping they respect us enough, I guess, is our, our, you know, our big playability. I'm hoping that there's some, some, some fear of that, that, you know, we can move Trey Palmer around and get him in some, some jet sweep type action stuff and, and get him, you know, on their heels a little bit. And, and I mean, we all know this, we all know football well enough. Like if Anthony Grant can get rolling, that's humongous. I, I don't know if he can, I don't know how, he, I don't know if he can, you know, um, yeah, I was listening to a, to a, uh, sports nightly the other night and they were like, well, we, we got to get all the other receivers involved and Anthony Grant's got to have a huge night. And I'm like, I just, I, I think you can maybe do one or the other. I don't know. I don't know how you do both. I really don't. So it, we have to somehow utilize the edge and get him an open space. Cause you mentioned how Chase Brown's really good at breaking free long runs. I mean, Anthony Grant does a fair share too of, of broken tackles and, and yards after contact. So <laughs> with the, our offensive line, as we've all seen, it's not going to be between the tackles. It, it, it it's going to struggle to happen there. So we have to find a way to get him in space and be creative in that aspect. But I don't think that means necessarily throwing the ball down the field right. to our receivers. I, I do. I think it somehow has to be a Grant, but I'm with you because I don't really know <laughs> what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I couldn't even be, begin to tell you. I mean, you, you, you know, you just, you just don't know. Um, or not that you don't know, you just, you don't have faith that, that our dudes up front are going to be able to, to impose their will like that and, and, and make space for them so we can increase a couple. I, it's really, it's like I've said, it's going to be a tough darn game. And, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully Grant can make some plays and, and we can, we can spread it out and be balanced enough that, that we get Illinois guessing a little bit and, and, you know, they, they lose confidence a little bit. It's got, you know, you gotta, you gotta get some momentum in this game and, and then, you know, try to control the tempo and, and dictate, you know, like we said, dictate how they're going to beat you. That's, that's the name of the game to me. So mentioning Mickey's, the importance of this game is to Mickey. What we just talked about, I think is going to tell me a lot. And I think it's going to impact the outcome of the game as well. If Mickey does a lot of these things and keys that we're kind of talking about, which I think he probably might, I mean, I think he could, we've had two weeks, we have guys healthy and it's not a closed book on what Illinois wants to do. It's pretty obvious. So there's a way to win this game. And if Mickey finds a way to do that, and maybe it's not the way we just spoke, it it may be a completely different way. That's how we would do it. Yep. If Mickey finds a way to win it, this is huge for him. I mean, very huge. If he doesn't, it, 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 like you kind of said before, it's not, not that it hurts him, but I just, I just don't know that he, if he can do much wrong, but I just don't know that I would want him as the next head coach. I think there's better options. So to me, this is probably the biggest game Mickey's had so far for a lot of reasons. It's a big opportunity for him. That's for sure. So, all right. Well, that's all we got. Got to finish watching Husker volleyball tonight. Big one against the Wisconsin Badgers on the road. And we just lost that one 25 to 23. It was a close one. So any Husker basketball predictions, Jackson? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I watched him against I watched him against Shadron the other day. I you know I I don't I don't know enough about the players, haven't watched them play enough to, to know much. Um but we, we play Colorado on Sunday. Is that right? Another exhibition game. Yep. Uh, yeah, you know, it uh when I watched me and Shadron, it looked like they they really were were focused on defense. So it looked like they they had really worked on how they're defending. And so I think Hoiberg thinks that's important. So that's fun to see. So, you know, um, I, I just hope that, you know, that's a big 10 basketball. That's, that's about as grueling as big 10 football. So that's going to be tough. Hopefully wish them the best. Just don't know enough about the players yet. Don't know enough about the team yet. So. Say as much as I was excited last year, I should say I was Austin was over the top excited about last year's team. And we all know how that pen, er, panned out for us. As, so as much as excited we were last year, I'm almost on the opposite end of, like you said, I, I don't really know or have not dug into much about this year's team to know what we even have. And that's because of a little bit of lack of interest. But it's also because there's been more talk about Husker football and the coaches and, and what's going to happen there. So it will be interesting. I did look at her schedule. You know, I, I think we're going to struggle to get to 10 wins, which is yeah. unfortunate. I don't know what that means for Hoiberg in the future of him as the Husker head basketball coach. But um, there was no, nothing in writing, I guess, for his contract restructuring. As Frost, it was. Yep. Yep. So. Hey, so hey, real quick, are you going to the game on Saturday? Absolutely. All right. Uh, so when we win, meet meet on the Big Red Inn. Great question. I, I don't know. What do you say? What I what I texted you when you asked me this question. If it was Wisconsin who's ranked fifteenth and six and one, yes. But it just doesn't feel right storming a field against Illinois, and I think that's how people are going to perceive it. I don't think. Anybody will now. It, I mean, it's a top twenty win. It, it would be. So, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how people. It could. You know what? The student section could just be so not caring about anything anymore. They may just do it anyways. I hey, I tell you what. I'll just be a follower on this one. I'm not going to take the lead. If other people start running out there, I'll, I'll follow. I'll meet you on the big red end. Let's just follow Arnie, Charlie, Richard, Cerny out there. ACRC, meet you on the end. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks jackson for joining us austin will be back on sunday to recap the game go big red go big red let's go